I have two scriptures listed. We'll look at more than that, but I'm going to read out of Genesis first, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. And uh, the sermon title this morning is Spiritual Resurrection. Spiritual Resurrection. So let's stand together and we'll look at Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you again this morning. Thank you, dear Lord, for your presence and for your blessing. For each one, dear Lord, that's in your house this morning, we pray a special touch, dear Lord, upon our spirits, upon our intellect. Help us, dear Lord, to receive that which you have for us this morning. Lord, to be strengthened by your presence, by your grace. And Lord Jesus, by the increasing knowledge that we have of God, I pray, dear Lord, that you will bless this word to our heart. Help me, dear Lord, as I endeavor to do a job that is too big for me to do, a job that I am incapable of accomplishing. I pray the Holy Spirit will do his work. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we are very familiar, I'm sure, with the scripture that I read this morning. And the warning was given to Adam that he was allowed to eat of every tree of the garden. You may freely eat. You can eat as much as you want. <laughs> there is no limitation. And uh, I'm sure that all the trees that were in the garden were full of delectable fruit and that which would satisfy the body entirely with no, with no shortage of vitamins and minerals and whatever else. You know, we like, we like to talk about natural today and about what uh, the various vitamins and so forth that we can take, uh, what they do for our health. I'm sure that in this garden there was everything that man's body and mind needed, that it would completely keep a healthy atmosphere, a healthy glow on the face of Adam. Uh, he wouldn't be dragging when he got up in the morning. Uh, he would feel refreshed and ready to go into the day. Uh, God knows what these bodies need, doesn't he? And he has supplied it. Now we know that natural is not always the best to eat uh, because poison ivy is very natural. But I don't know very many people that eat that. But I did have one young man in my church when I was at a church outside of Circleville and that, that burg is no longer in existence. 
You don't even know there was a Berg there. It was Furson uh, Church of Christ in Christian Union. Uh, but there was a young man there, Terry Ratcliffe, and uh, he, ate, uh, he ate some poison ivy leaves uh, because he thought it would give him resistance to poison ivy. Uh, he survived it, but a lot of people would get poison ivy on their insides and uh, would probably be in critical condition. Uh, we, can, we can think about all these things, but we know that God has supplied what these bodies need. He's a good God, isn't he? And so he had everything that Adam had need of, and when, when Eve was, was taken from Adam's side, there was everything that Eve needed. Uh, but, you know, when you can have everything, and then there's one thing you can't have. One thing you can't have. What does is, what is, what is human nature do? It gravitates toward that one thing. I wonder what that one thing is like. I, I, find, uh, I find it hard to understand with all the good things that we have in the world, uh, good things to eat and drink. I don't understand why people poison their bodies and their minds with things that are harmful to your body. Uh, but it gives, you a, it gives you an immediate uh, sensation. Uh, it gives you an immediate lift or whatever. I, I fail to understand that. I, I find myself that I stay away from that stuff. I, I have enough pain. I don't need to introduce something into my body that's going to cause pain and, and harm and maybe eventually an early death from those things. So, yes, we have a lot of people that are reaching beyond what is good for them and going for the one thing or maybe more than one thing that they shouldn't have. Look how hard they're pushing, folks, today to get marijuana, recreational marijuana, legalized in the state of Ohio. And we know that other states, some other states have gone that way. But I want to tell you, folks, it's of the devil. And it will cause people to be slaves to drugs. It's been said that it's a gateway drug. Some people would argue until their last breath that it's not a gateway drug. But it seems like people that open the gate for that open the gate for other things too. Uh, so you can look at it however you want to. But I think I would rather be at my normal level of thinking. I don't need a high is what I'm saying. I don't need a high. Uh, I'm high enough in Jesus Christ. Uh, he makes me as high as he wants me to be, and I praise God that that is enough. So, but, you know, human nature, reaching to the next thing, to the other thing, uh, to what uh, somebody else is doing. We just had a thing in the paper, didn't we, where somebody was convicted because they gave drugs to somebody and they OD'd and it killed them. So they were brought up by the grand jury on 
manslaughter charges because they caused the death of that person. Uh, I'm not going to keep going in that vein, but you got the idea of what I'm talking about. But we know that Adam and Eve, when Eve was formed, went against God's command. And they did eat of that tree. God said, in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. Now, if you, if you look in your scriptures, and I'm not going to read all that to you this morning, but you know that when they ate of that, they didn't drop dead, did they? They didn't drop dead. They kept on living. In fact, we don't know at what age it was when Adam partook of that, but we know that Adam lived 930 years. He lived a long time, 930 years. And the scripture says in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 5 that Adam died. Adam died. So from the time he partook of the forbidden fruit that Eve gave him, there evidently were many years that he survived. So what did God mean when God said, in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die? Was God mistaken? Did God just mess up? Because he thought it was going to be fatal immediately. God doesn't mess up, does he, folks? He knows what the future is. He knows what results are going to occur when we violate his rules. So no, God wasn't mistaken. God didn't speak in error because Adam did die. What is death? Uh, reading in a commentary, uh, death is separation. And it can be separation, physical separation. Uh, it can be spiritual separation. It can be eternal separation. So when you think about death, think about those that have left us. It's separation, isn't it? But in this case, with Adam, when Adam sinned, there was a spiritual separation. That, yes, he still had, he still had a never-dying spirit or soul, but there was a separation that took place between him and God. And so Adam became not a spiritual being, but a natural being. Uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians talks about the natural man and the spiritual man. Adam became a natural man. He lost a spiritual quality to his life that linked him with God and with fellowship with God. Man became an alien. Man became alienated from God because of his disobedience. And so, Adrian, Dr. Adrian Rogers used to say, 
that Adam, because of his spiritual, the death to his spiritual nature, became a soul man. He became a soul man. He was earthbound. He was earthbound. And we see that the generations from Adam on that people were earthbound. They were conscious about worldly things. And in order for God to get their attention, he had to break in on them, didn't he? Uh, the, the scripture says uh, that all we like sheep have gone astray. And another psalm says that we've turned everyone to our own way. Uh, we haven't sought the things of God. <coughs> the scripture tells us that we love God because he first loved us. Our, our inclination, if we have an inclination to seek God, it is because God has given us that kind of mindset. It doesn't come from the natural man. Natural man, in a sense then, is dead to the things of God. We don't understand sometimes how people can be so insensitive to spiritual things, but they're insensitive because they're dead to them. Uh, they don't have, think of the, some of the terrible crimes that have been committed because um, mankind without God's influence in their lives sometimes becomes worse than the animals. They do things that even the animal kingdom would not do to their own. Uh, if, if you wonder about things that people are doing, read, read the first chapter of the book of Romans. And it tells about how people were turned on to their own way because they refused to acknowledge God. And so now we have a situation in our country where people actually don't know the difference between male and female. And they talk about different genders, that we have all these genders, uh, that, uh, that it's not just a simple thing, it's science. Uh, but you know when a child is born, the doctor knows whether they're male or female, there, there can be complications to that, but for the most part, it's male or female. But now uh, they're pushing to say that the doctor's not supposed to put that on the birth certificate. Have you heard that? Uh, they want to keep that open so that if a person decides that they want to be another sex, that they can be that. Uh, there's not going to be a record there to say that they're one or the other. You can't believe how absolutely ignorant smart people can be when they start following their own way instead of the way of God. And so we have people that are earthbound, they're soul creatures. Uh, the scripture tells us uh, that the first man, Adam, was earthy. He was of the earth. 
Now, when he was first created, before he turned on God, he was a spiritual being, and he walked with God, didn't he? God walked with him in the cool of the day, but he lost that. And so uh, the scripture tells us now that because we are dead, that if we want to know God, we have to have a resurrection. We have to have something take place in our lives. And if you look over in your Bibles at that second scripture, Colossians chapter 2, and I listed, I listed it as 12b because I wanted to read the second part of that verse instead of, I didn't want to cover water baptism, and so that's why I did that. So it says, uh, it says, wherein also ye are risen with him, I'm reading in Colossians 2, 12b, also you are risen with him, that's Christ, through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, and that means made alive. He's made you alive together with him, with Christ, having forgiven all your sins, all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So yes, we believe that there's going to be a resurrection of people who have passed away that have believed in Christ. There's going to be a resurrection to, of the body, and that the body as well as the spirits are going to be with God. But we believe in order for you to know that, to know that time is coming when you're going to be with the Lord for eternity, you have to have a spiritual resurrection. You have to be given spiritual life. And the only way you can receive spiritual life is to receive it from the hand of God. So there is no life in you when you are away from God. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. <clears throat> and the scripture says here, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is the prince of the power of the air? It is old Satan. It's not Jesus. It's Satan. He is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Makes you think sometimes about all the terrible things that come over the airwaves, some of the terrible things, the signals that we get that are piped into our homes, he is, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And it brings him glee whenever filth and pornography 
is parked, is, is piped into our homes. Things that we wouldn't go out to see years ago in a movie theater are now brought into our homes and many people do not have the strength and the, and the insight to turn those things off. But it's just as wrong to bring it into our home and watch it that way as what it was to go pay someone to go into a movie theater and see an X-rated, an R-rated movie years ago. He is the prince of the power of the air. And so uh, we, have, we have a separation because of sin, and that separation is called death in the Scripture. Also, uh, look in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, and it says there, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he's made alive. Uh, you remember when the uh, prodigal son came back home, the father met him and uh, greeted him to be back home again. What did the father say when he was talking to the older brother? You can look in Luke chapter 15, 32. I'm not going to do that. But the father said, This my son was dead. <laughs> this my son was dead. And so because he came back home, the father said he is alive again. Folks, aren't you glad if we've gone away from Father's house and we have experienced spiritual death and we have gone back on what we know we ought to follow, aren't you glad that the seeking Savior still looks for us and still loves us and he doesn't shut the door and say, you had your chance. You had your chance and you blew it. Now, now, there's no hope for you, but he welcomes us back just like he did that prodigal. He says he was dead, but now he's alive. The Lord is able to do a work in our lives and make us alive again. And so uh, Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 11 gives us a little insight into that that it is by the Spirit of God that this happens. And it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And I'm turning to it right now so I can read it exactly to you. Eight eleven says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. 
you need to be born from above. And Nicodemus didn't understand that. He didn't understand what that meant. How, how can you be born a second time? He needed to be born anew, born from above. And if you look in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, it says that God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are brought into, we are raised up, we are raised from the dead. Spiritual death no longer grips us. We have spiritual life through Jesus Christ. And it is a miracle of God that we have that to happen to us that cannot be done by human endeavor. Uh, Jesus talked about this in John chapter 6 and verse 63. He said this, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. And so we have, through Jesus Christ, we have a resurrection from the death of sin. Through Jesus Christ, we now are restored to a position of life, and enjoyment. Think about what had happened to Adam when, when he died and because of his disobedience he was separated from God. Death then began to work in his mortal body too, didn't it? And before Adam would never have had a wrinkle of age, he would never have had a pain. He would never have had arthritis. He would never have experienced any of those things. But because he disobeyed, yes, he died immediately spiritually, but gradually, gradually he began to fail physically. Yes, 930 years is a long time. But, but he began to feel the woes and the miseries of human life. We do not experience the number of years that Adam had, but we know what it is to see the diminishing of health and problems that began to beset us. So, yes, gradually death did come, physical death did come, and death did take Adam. And hell was ahead. If it weren't for the sacrifice of God for them, there would have been no redemption. But that sacrifice where God slew animals and clothed them with the skins foretold the coming of Christ and the redemption that would be provided. So we have hope because Jesus died for us and because we have eternal life through him. And so hell is not going to be the end for those who have received Christ as their Lord and Savior. I wanted to read a uh, scripture to you out of 
Ezekiel chapter 37. And it, I'm spiritualizing it because I want you to understand that what Ezekiel is talking about is the restoration of Israel. And so when I talk about this and link this to what I'm talking about being resurrected spiritually, Ezekiel was looking at it as the restoration of Israel. And we've seen Israel come to a great deal of restoration in our time, haven't we? <clears throat> Ezekiel testified to that taking place. <clears throat> but I wanted to share this with you, and like I said, I'm spiritualizing it, so it's not the literal interpretation. It says in Ezekiel 37, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. <clears throat> and I, I wanted to read this because I, I like to acquaint you with different passages of Scripture so that you have a little fuller knowledge of what the Scripture, what the Bible is saying. So evidently Ezekiel was in a, in a, in a communication with the Lord, and the Lord, the hand of the Lord was upon him, and, and in spirit, he was carried and set down in a valley that was full of bones. Now, for a body to be left unburied in Israel was a terrible shame. Uh, you read back in the law, whenever there was a, a dead body, that body was to be entombed or buried, something done with it, not just left on the surface of the ground. And so this valley he, he was taken to was full of dead bones. <coughs> Excuse me. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. They had been there for a long time. And if you read on down the chapter, it talks about them being slain. So there was a great battle, and they were slain in this battle. And there were no survivors to bury them. And so they were left on the surface of the ground. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now Ezekiel is very wise in, in his answer. He doesn't say, no way, God. No way can these bones live. Uh, these bones are, are torn apart. These bones have been here for a long time. Uh, they are so dry. You know, I've got some uh, bones that I've given uh, maybe a piece of meat on uh, to the dog and and uh, the dog's eating the meat off of him, and, and the bone lays there. The dog doesn't, doesn't even want that bone because it's too dry. It's old. It's worthless to that dog. Well, he doesn't say to God, there's no way that these bones can live. There's no way anything can be done with these bones. And my point this morning is, even if you are in the state 
of spiritual demise if you are considered, as it were, dead to spiritual things. There is hope for you. There is hope, just like it, there was in this valley of bones. Because Ezekiel says, O oh Lord God, you know. And God knows about us. He knows about our struggles. He knows about our failures. <clears throat> so he said to Ezekiel again, prophesy unto these bones. Saying to them, so what's he telling Ezekiel to do? Preach to these dry bones. Preach to them. You know, I preached to a few dry bones in my ministry. <laughs> I've seen quite a few dry bones. I thought, you know, there's no way those bones are going to live because they're old, dried up. They have no spirit. They have no zeal. They have no, they have no drive for spiritual things. They're dead. They let somebody else do it all. They pull back. They won't be involved in it. Uh, they just, you know, they're just dry. And, and a lot of times uh, you have trouble moving an old dry bone out of the way so that living, <laughs> the living can move ahead. So, oh, you dry bones, he was supposed to preach to them. So that's what my call is, is to preach to people and let you know that through God there is hope for resurrection life. Even if you're dead in trespasses and sins, there's hope for resurrection life. So Ezekiel, Ezekiel didn't say, you know, there's no point to that because uh, these, these bones are dead and separated. There's nothing going to happen. But he was supposed to say, old dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So I say to you this morning, hear the word of the Lord. There's hope. There's, there's yet a future if you put your life back in the hands of the Lord. And he said, thus saith the Lord. Now he's a smart man. He says, I'm going to tell you what God says. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. What I say doesn't amount to much, people. I'm wrong a lot of times. But what God says is going to come to pass. We can, we can put full faith in what God says, that it is going to come to pass. He said, say unto these bones, the Lord God says, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Wow, he's preaching to this cemetery on top of the ground. This cemetery of dry bones, of which we would say it's a lost cause. You're wasting your breath. Nothing's going to happen. But God said, I'm going to lay sinews upon you, and I will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And that's the whole purpose of it. God wanted them to know that he did it, that he is the Lord, he is in charge, he keeps his word, and he's able to call back even from a state of hopelessness into a state 
of spiritual vitality and life. He's able to cause a resurrection. So it says, Ezekiel did what he was told to do. In verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. How would you have liked to have been there on that upground cemetery? I saw where uh, over in Delaware, there's a cemetery, Fairview, that's in terrible shape. I've had funerals there. Some of my friends are buried there from the Delaware church. But it's in terrible disrepair. It went through bankruptcy and people have let it go. And loved ones are grieving over the remains of precious loved ones that are buried there. And, and it's in a state of disgrace. But they're getting, they're getting some money. They're getting some help. And it's going to be renovated. But how would you like to be in this upground cemetery and see, all, see the reproach of all these bones that are exposed. When Satan comes in, he puts us in a state of reproach and embarrassment and shame. And that's what these bones were a symbol of, a terrible reproach and shame. It says, I prophesied as I was commanded. I preached as I was commanded. And there was a no noise. And behold, a shaking. Well, sometimes that happens in a church service, doesn't it? Sometimes the Spirit of God comes on a person and they begin to see that they need the Lord. We don't see as much of it today as what we used to see. But folks, there used to be people that would hold on to a pew because they were afraid of dropping into hell because it was so real to them. God made it so real to them that they, they knew that they were in jeopardy. If they didn't find God right then, they were going to be lost eternity, eternally. So there was a shaking. <clears throat> the bones came together, bone to bone. <clears throat> and when I looked, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. What a sight that would be as Ezekiel's watching. These bones get the layers of muscle and tissue back on them. And then where these bones are disjointed and they come back exactly where they're supposed to be and joined together. But there was no breath in them. They're all together. It's a body again, but it's still dead. It's still a dead body. So what's going to happen? <clears throat> then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. <clears throat> and when he talks about the wind, it's the same word as we use for the Holy Spirit. So he's saying prophesy so the Spirit will come and give life. And that's how we are born again, by the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and giving us life. We cannot do it ourselves, but it takes the Holy Spirit of God to come back into our life. And no matter how disjointed, how torn up, how destroyed your life is, the Holy Spirit can come in and he can breathe life once again into you and into your situation and he can make things right as only he can do it. Yes. And so the scripture says that Ezekiel witnessed this and as we pray and trust the Lord, we can see God make a difference in people's lives in your lives so that 
once again, you can be spiritually vibrant. You can be a person that has a connection with God. And you can know that you're on your way to heaven. Yes, <clears throat> Ezekiel's dry bones. May God help us that we will be people who have connection with the Lord in every way, listening to his voice, following his will, being obedient to him. Yes, those who were dead in sin, he has resurrected to new life in Jesus Christ. So that is a possibility. <clears throat> we will avail ourselves of the power. If we will make ourselves available to what God wants to do, if we will appropriate what he has already done for us, bring it into our lives. But I'll tell you what, if you don't, if you don't reach out, if you don't reach out and take it, it won't be yours. You have to reach out. You have to make the effort. You have to, you have to be engaged. God has the power if we will let him have his way in our lives. Will you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> I ask you to bow your heads as we wait for a moment. If you have a need of prayer this morning, you're welcome to come to the altar and pray. <clears throat> you feel that you're separated from God, that it's all about this world, God can make a difference in your life. He can, he can make you a spiritual being again. <clears throat> Come if you want to pray. to come and pray with these that have come. You're welcome to come. <clears throat>